0: Premier League Daily from Sports Social.
1: Welcome to the latest edition of Premier League Daily, the only Premier League podcast out every single day and the quickest way to keep up to date with the greatest football league in the world. On today's show, we're going to be talking about Liverpool testing the theory that you can't win anything with kids after they signed the Premier League's youngest ever player. We're going to talk about Manchester City where things are going insane, yeah, as the winger eyes an exit. Oh. <laughs> and Big Rom, is he edging closer to a Manchester United exit? All that on the way, I'm Jim Salverson. We've got Narmacorn over there. Hello, Jim. We've got Adam Brown over there. Hello. And you can get involved on Twitter at TheSportSocial. But let's kick straight on with Liverpool, who have shocked everyone by actually making a signing this season. They've signed Harvey Elliott, who might not be a name you're massively familiar with, but he made his Premier League debut last season for Fulham and became the youngest ever Premier League player. He's not old enough to sign professional contracts yet. <laughs> Until next year, he can become a professional footballer. To give us the inside scoop on this and let us know how Liverpool fans are feeling, we've got Mo Stewart from the Anfield Rap who's joining us. Hello, Mo.
2: Hi, Jim. Good to meet you.
1: Thanks for coming on. So how does this feel as a Liverpool fan at the moment? Does it feel like... I mean, it's not really the signing that fans have been calling for to strengthen the team, is it?
2: No, it's, it's an interesting situation. We've got a manager and a transfer team who are really thinking long-term in everything that they do. Uh, even the signings, they have made the big signings over the last few years have been people that they've identified long in advance and have been working on. So this really speaks to that. And the same with Seth Vandenberg earlier on in the in the summer. These are guys who aren't going to be making an impact in August of 2019, may well be making an impact in August of 2021, 2022 too but they are quality players who are coming to our club so in that respect it's hard to be anything but happy but as you talked about in the wider scenario it's a little bit like there's a heart versus head thing going on for most Liverpool fans I speak to. Uh, the head says, you know, we should strengthen from a position of strength like all the other big dominant teams have done in the past. Use our cachet as European champions to bring in another transformative player. That was, that was about
1: 90 seconds before you mentioned that one, Mo. <laughs> oh,
2: really? Oh, was that, was that a sweet steak? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, you're going you to be hearing it from all of us for, for quite some time. Don't Sorry, worry, Mo,
3: probably- you've, you've won me a pint, mate, so don't worry about
2: it. <laughs> You're more than welcome. But no, I mean, in seriousness, I mean, there are a lot of fans who are saying we should be using this elevated status to bring in, mm. like I said, transformative players, as we've done three years in a row with uh, Sadio Mane, then Mo Salah and then Alisson. And obviously we're going to be playing more games this season and they've already had Mm -hmm. lots of busy schedules. So you can almost see uh, a scenario where one of them gets injured and then we get into real problems. However, the flip side to that is what the heart tells you and yes we are European champions and this squad and this manager in particular have earned our trust over the years from some of the difficult decisions they made obviously we think back to the summer where we didn't buy Virgil van Dijk and we didn't buy anyone and it was like well surely we need someone and in the end we ended up getting van Dijk in January and it was all worked out wonderfully we've also got some players who are coming back who I know it's a cliche to say they're going to feel like new signings but the a cliche because it's kind of true, and particularly in the in the um, case of Maddie Keita, I feel like he's now ready to take on the Premier League. He's got had a year to kind of feel out what it's about, and he really can make a difference. And then you've got the flip side of what it actually means to bring in new players. We're all very desperate to say we want someone new, we want to have a new signing, we want the shiny new guys smiling at the press conference. But when you actually got to integrate these players into a new system, and particularly when you see how long it takes Liverpool players typically to be integrated into our first team, it can cause a self upheaval.
1: But so it is important to build at the same time, isn't it? Because you have won the European Cup, you won the Champions League, which is an amazing <laughs> achievement, and you want to see Liverpool kick on from there. You want to see them competing again for the Premier League. I, mean, yes. I know you can't really judge pre season. As a precursor to the season in any way, but you've had a terrible preseason. You've looked short of numbers. You've lost four out of four. It suggests that now is the opportunity to take advantage of your success and build rather than rest.
2: Two two things I would say to that. One, you are extremely right that there is absolutely nothing to be taken from pre-season results. <laughs> I watched Jürgen Klopp's press conference this morning, and it was almost like he was irritated, by the fact that the games are what's seen as important. He is now about to go to the training camp in Avignon. This is when his real world begins. This is the point that he's wanted all along. To be honest, if you ask Jürgen Klopp if pre-season could be all training and no games, he'd bite your hand off. But he knows that clubs that are global business. And see who has fulfillments to make. The second part of that, obviously, like you were saying, we do need to build on things, and there are going to be other clubs who are looking at the way we played last season and thinking about ways of getting around it. But Jurgen Klopp sees the solutions aren't only in the transfer market; they're on the training pitch. So there will be adaptations. This is why he's so keen to always have multi-faceted players. So I wouldn't be surprised if the new change you see is actually from within. And the difference with that is, as i said before, with the integration. Because if you've got someone who already knows how we work and they're just doing something slightly different, then you're going to pick it up quicker. So... Like I say, there are all these things that need to be balanced across. And I I promise you, Jurgen Klopp will be doing a better job of it than I will.
3: (laughs) I mean, obviously, you had such a great season last season, taking it down to the wire for the Premier League, winning the Champions League. And as you say, you played a lot of games last season. Are you worried now that maybe the emotional stress of last season with it getting so close to that Premier League title and winning the Champions League, do you think that might have an impact on this season's performances or do you think that that now that's in the past and you've got to focus on the future?
2: I mean, it really can go either way, in all honesty, because yes, it was. There was a very emotional rollercoaster that they went on over the course of the last part of the season where it looked like we could we get two big trophies, then it looked like we were going to get no big trophies, and we ended up with one big trophy. And yes, the Premier League is obviously the one that all Liverpool fans want, all Liverpool players want, so there was the disappointment of coming so close, being so perfect almost for the whole season, and it's still not being enough. However, I do take a lot of consolation from the way that we responded to the Champions League and the, 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 the absolute emotional rollercoaster we went through in the final and all of the fallout from that regarding Loris Karius. So I think that we have proven last season that we can come back from disappointment and build and be stronger. And I think that that's what Jürgen Kopp's going to be basing most of his uh, team talks around this time around.
1: Mo, cheers for coming on, mate. You can catch Mo talking more on the Anfield Wrap, the premium. Liverpool podcast that's available before you go though obviously season starts in what six days with the Community Shield the big one I mean, everyone that, wants I mean, it do, do,
2: is, is, that, is that the start of the season though I mean are, are, we, are we really saying that I know that Manchester City still put the Community Shield in their on this list but is anyone really bothered does anyone remember what happened last season just for example do you remember what happened in the game last season I
0: don't no I haven't got a clue hey Liverpool put it on in 2001 with, their, with their, <laughs> when they had their, 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 their so-called treble I remember they, they
2: I mean, oh, no, 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 no. That, that wasn't part of the trouble. That was part of the, oh, oh, the five. Oh, the yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> only because we had the European Super Cup. If we win this one and the Super Cup, then yeah, maybe I'll
1: allow it. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask you for a prediction, Mo, but you don't seem that bothered, so I'll just let you crack on. Not Cheers, man. Mo. Thanks, Thanks for coming Mo. on. Appreciate on. it. Like I say, you can catch Mo on the Anfield wrap as well. Let's move straight on to Manchester City. Adam, it's your team, and the rumblings coming mm. out of the Etienne at the moment are all to do with the future of Leroy Sane, who looks... To all intents purposes, like he might be heading
0: back to Germany. I, I don't know what's going on at all. I, I mean, for me, he's been nothing but amazing since he's been at City. And he's just a great impact player. I know he wants to play week in, week out, which is something which Guardiola's not been able to give him. But, I mean, he's so young still. And he's got so much potential. I mean, I think... I think if he gets the right chances, which he might not be able to get City, which I can understand that's maybe why I want to move away, but I do think he'd go to the very top. I think he'd be top, top, top level. He
1: had that slight wobble, didn't he, when he came back? Was it after the World Cup where he didn't get in the Germany team and he kind of had about three months where he looked, he just looked terrible when he was playing and didn't look like he was mentally
0: yeah, right? I, th- I, think, I think he has got... There there is a big kind of, you know, psychological side to his game, clearly. Um, And he's still quite young, so I think that's clearly something that she's going to develop and he probably needs to develop. But I think it's worth putting the time and investment in. I really do. It's such a shame. I know the system's slightly changed as well with City. I don't think he quite... It was hard for him to get into the team as well last year Mm. at times, really, when Mm. Sterling was playing so well. And obviously with how well Bernardo had had, had been last year, how well he was playing. So it's hard for him and I don't think he's got the patience to sort of sit on the subs bench and be an impact player. He is probably too good to be a sub, really. Um, I am resigned to the fact that I think he is going to go.
1: I think that's it, isn't it? He has the opportunity here to be a superstar at Bayern Munich Mm. and City can't offer him that because he isn't at the other level of the other superstars at Manchester City. So he can go to Bayern and he can be the main man.
3: Well, I I think the disappointment on Adam's face when you asked him that first question (laughs) says it all because City fans love him. He's brilliant. Um, Because he, he is such a good player mm. he really is i just think there's some something there with sane that maybe people aren't too sure about and the reason i say that is because he obviously wasn't playing well and he wasn't germany's first choice winger and he was left out of that world cup squad yeah. germany had a, a pretty stinking world cup by their standards so that raised a few alarm bells obviously you think you know that kind of proved uh, sane right in that sense you know why wasn't he in the team but then pep kept leaving him out and I just wonder why that is. He's left out of the national team for the World Cup. He's left out of City's team every now and again. And you think, I wonder why that is. But there's no denying that this season, when he's played, he's been absolutely outstanding. Nah. 10 goals, 11 assists in 31 Premier League games last season. That's that's a really good record. I think the the issue with Bayern Munich is they've had two of their p- sort of premier superstars, Ribéry and Robin, retire yeah. at the same time, which is absolutely terrible for if you're Bayern Munich. But it's also really bad squad planning because to be perfectly honest if you know that two of your best players are, are nearing their sell-by date you've got to look for avenues to replace them you've got to find players to to fill that void unfortunately for Manchester City it looks like Leroy Sané is their prime target I'm just wondering I mean Adam is probably one for you to answer mm. but I mean City fans must be absolutely Fuming with Bayern Munich for the way they've gone about this I was gonna in the media, this. it's been yeah. so open, and I don't know whether that's just a classic unsettling tactic. But a lot of managers and a lot of clubs say, "Oh no, we don't like to talk about other teams' players because it can get you in trouble." Yeah. Maybe it could have got you in trouble five, ten years ago, but now for some reason everything gets played out on social media and in the press. You you can't avoid it if you're Leroy no. Sane You can't avoid it if you're Manchester City. So it if does feel C- like
1: virtually tapping up, doesn't it? It's does, yeah. supposed it to be really something that's legal. It really I, does, and,
0: and the things. I think some clubs as well. They know that they can do it, and it's going to Im- impact certain players. So if you're Sane and you know the biggest team in Germany wants to sign you, mm. and you're from Germany, yeah, no matter how much you might love the team you currently play for, it's always going to turn your head, isn't it? Do you know, it's, I always think that about players. You know, it's like a Spanish player playing, you know, in in England, and if Barca or Madrid come knocking for you. Your head's gonna get turned, yeah. no matter how happy or settled you might be. How many trophies you won? There's that. There's always that draw, isn't there? Yeah. And, and, and
3: he's gonna get in the Germany team. And when if he's playing yeah. for Bayern Munich,
1: he is going to get into that Germany team. No team doubt. is making such a public play for you as well. It's there's got to be a bit of ego stroking there, hasn't it? Oh, it's yeah. got to make you feel wanted that you want to go for this club. And I, I've mentioned the tapping up because it confuses me a little bit. I don't. I know it's kind of done in public, and he's not being officially. Offered contracts or anything like that, but you're
0: right. It's pure unsettling a player, mm. and it feels underhanded, doesn't it? Yeah. But just because it's out in public and out in, in the open, doesn't it? it there's certain, oh, it's, you know, everyone knows what's being said, but it, it's still an underhanded kind of element yeah. to it, even though it is quite public, which seems weird. But I, I think he's going to go. I, I just can't see. I can't see Pep being able to give him the assurance that he's going to play. Even even if he tells him that, I think he's going to know. He's going to look around at the squad and think. Am I really going to get in over Sterling or over... Even if Bernardo Silva comes more central, which he was doing at times last season, I just don't think he's going to... Because if De Bruyne gets injured, which inevitably he will at some point, then Bernardo's going to slot in there. And I I just I can't see Sané staying. He's clearly a player that
1: Pep wants to keep at the club because there's already contingency plans to replace him. So if he does go, they need to bring someone in. And the target is, apparently, I'm going to do a horrible job at pronouncing this player's name, Real Sociedad's Mikel Oz... Or your Bell
3: <laughs> any, Anyone will give me an advance on that. You're or? like the sports social version of Paul Mercer. <laughs> <you're> you <laughs> can't Why can't interact? these foreigners
1: have proper names? Yeah, let's too. call him Mikhail Smith for now. <laughs> Seventy million quid. He's going to come from Real Sociedad, who's he's been there forever, and he's a real talent. He's everything you expect from a Guardiola player. He's fast. He's technically. He's young. He's kind of ticks all the boxes, but that just shows Sane's worth in the team that City need to spend. 70-75 million euros to replace him yeah.
0: and it's the fact that a, a replacement's already been spoke about which, which worries me I mean San, he's only he's only 23 he's still 23 mm-hmm. you forget mm-hmm. he's still that young so he's still kind of learning he's mm-hmm. still developing and he he's just on his day he, I've seen him t- at times when I've seen City and he's just unplayable yeah. I know it sounds ridiculous but his pace he's uh, he's such a big loss for City if he goes which it's is a like weird
1: it. feeling for a City fan isn't it the fact that you've got Pep Guardiola at Man City. You're not used to losing players no. that you don't want to lose. Yeah, you know it's, like. hard,
0: it's hard. For, yeah, it's, if when you're a, you know, a club that's you know, you know, title winning or even competing for the title or Champions League and stuff, it's hard to lose a player that's actually good. Do you know what I mean? Because normally sort of it's dead wood that you're getting rid of, yeah. but now he's, he's a great player.
3: Do you think that's a prestige thing though about... Manchester City? Because obviously it's been the 10 years since Sheikh Mansour came in and probably in the last four or five of those that's when Manchester City's really sort of had that meteoric Mm. rise to being a global club. Whereas, you know, you see Bayern Munich and teams like Real Madrid, they've been at that level for 50, 60, 100 years.
0: Yeah, I think, I mean, we are talking about this the other day one of my mates saying about, you know, if City suddenly lost that money... You know, how long would they survive for? And I think they've done a really good job in the past five years of building that brand internationally. So I think they'd be okay. I mean, it's took Chelsea quite a long time yeah. mm. to, to kind of get there. You know, you think to yourself, even if that money went tomorrow, would they still be okay? And I think they'd, they'd still be all right. They'd yeah. survive. They'd have to get, sell quite a lot of players and stuff, but they'd still survive. But they've still not got that prestige. When you look at the honours, uh, you know, that Bayern Munich have had compared to City. The, the the draw, you know, it might in twenty years time it might be different. It but at the minute, de- it, it
1: takes decades to build does. that prestige. Yeah, of course
0: it does. Yeah, and, and it's something which you never lose. Look at United, which is why. which <laughs> <yeah. laughs> no, what I mean. There's still yeah. a draw around. Which know? is
3: why I think City sometimes struggle in the Champions League because I don't think teams fear going to Manchester City going mm. to the Etihad in the right, same yeah, way yeah, they yeah. might fear going to you know an yeah, Old Trafford or Juventus or someone like that. And we so. always
1: look out for the City draw, obviously. In we are based in Manchester, so we keep an eye out for it. But I wonder whether it still has the same prestige, even outside Manchester. Mm. Whether you've got the followers of the London teams kind of looking at those Hollywood big yeah. name Real yeah. madrid Barcelona
0: games. Yeah. I, and that's the thing. I don't think. I mean, obviously, having someone like Guardiola there is is a that in itself. You know, managers are huge draws, aren't they? Now, but in terms of a you know, and this is me as a City fan saying it. In terms of prestige for the club, that's still maybe something which which we do maybe struggle with, which is why it's important to keep winning the league. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast and you'll never miss
1: an episode. We're going to come back in a minute and we're going to talk about Big Rom, the future of Romelu Lukaku at Manchester United and Arsenal actually signing a player and (laughs) signing the Premier League's third most expensive player. Maybe. That's coming up in a minute on Premier League Daily.
0: Premier League Daily from Sports Social. Subscribe to the podcast now and never miss an episode. Premier League Daily from Sports Social
1: Welcome back to Premier League Daily we're going to kick straight on and talk about Romelu Lukaku his future at Manchester United is very much up for debate at the moment he hasn't left yet but all the signs are pointing to the fact he is going to be leaving to tell us more we've got Darren Webb Webby from full-time Devils on the phone evening Webby
4: good evening James you okay
1: yeah I'm good thanks man what do you think's going on with Big Rom then what's going to happen to him
4: who do you think he is you know, the kids come from Everton, no disrespect to Everton, and he's putting tweets out that he will soon soon be sorted. If you don't want to stay, mate, ta You know, who do you think you are? You know what I mean? You're an average player. I'm not going to knock your record for club and country. That's fine, but don't be coming on here uh, on social media the same way. If you don't want to stay at the football club, goodbye, but let's do it the right way, you know. Don't be putting stuff on there but and saying you're injured and all that. You know, just leave the football club, Jim.
1: I mean, that's it. He's posted this picture over the weekend of himself and his agent. I can't remember the exact wording, but it's like something like "we're going to be working together again soon." That's surely got to be the the clearest sign that he is out the door at Old Trafford, isn't it?
4: Oh, definitely, mate. You know what I mean? It's like obviously, it doesn't seem to be in Solskjaer's plans, you know. And fair play, fair play to the club sticking to them money, what they what they pay for them, what they want back. Obviously, into the struggle to raise the money, but and I'm so glad that United are playing hardball. You know, normally we would have just. Killed over and just yeah well you can pay him for it over two years but you know we we were being hard like we done with Van Vazak you know they wanted to get rid of the the, the buy-on with, with Saha but no if you don't want to be with us Jim you know what I mean I'm just trying to think you know he's not a rude van Nistel really. you know was a great centre forward you know and he's putting out this stuff if you don't want to be with the club goodbye simple as that Jim we've had bigger and better players that have left the football club and we've survived but I just want rid of him now Jim
1: do you need him? Or do you need a player to replace him if he does go? Or have you got plenty of striking options? Obviously, you've got Greenwood who's impressed in pre season, you've got Martial still at the club, you've got Rashford who's just signed a new contract. So, can you do without him, or do you need bodies in if he is going to leave?
4: I think if he if he does leave, which is in Edsville, he is going to leave. I think we need someone in. You know, whether the club have got someone in mind or ready, you know, there's not long left now. So, that's why I'd rather get rid of him. You know, you don't want to be at the club, get rid of him and get someone in because at the moment you can rely on a 17-year-old kid, you know, was going to be a great player, don't get me wrong. Uh, Rashford's up and down, uh, Martial will, will turn up if the sun's shining and we're winning. So we do need that other person in uh, and it's got to be the right person for the football club.
1: What do you make of the transfer dealing so far for United this <sighs> season? Because the suggestion is that United don't have money to spend and constantly... Manchester United are classed with the biggest club in the world, Barcelona, Real Madrid, got the cash, PSG or whoever it is. But now it seems those tables have turned slightly, and maybe United don't have the financial power they once did.
4: Yes, I still think they have got the financial power to match anyone. Jim, I just think that the matter of fact, it's that the, the, the people in charge of the transfers are just absolutely clueless. You know, no disrespect, but. You're looking at uh, not last but last season when we did come second to City, a very poor second. Uh, We went out and bought an untried teenager, uh, an untried Brazilian, and a 34 year old goalkeeper. When City went out and smashed the record, uh, we needed to get closer to them. Now, no disrespect to Dan James, uh, but he's he's a championship player. Mm. Hopefully, he will come good, you know, and he will become that player which. Giggs has said he is going to be coming the club think he is going to be coming but if you've got to start dining at the top table of English football Jimmy, you've got to start competing with the likes of Liverpool, Manchester. they're a million miles ahead of us at the moment Chelsea are ahead of us and uh, probably Tottenham are ahead of us the positions don't lie from last season
0: Webby what if he, he stays Lukaku what, what, uh, presumably he's lost the fans or I mean what do you need? just keep him on the bench or do you play him anyway
4: do you know what to be honest pal is that he just wound me up that picture he has been quiet, but to put a picture on that and to say he's back on holiday, he's just been on a holiday, so America he't kick a ball, you know, so to say he's back on holiday and all that uh, if he's obviously united playing our ball which are, which i which I really really agree with if the the ball's in our court, he's on a big he's on a big deal, you know, so there's no mm-hmm. rush for us to sell him so that we're not getting our money back yeah. uh well, the fans turn against him. I think they will do, you know, but it's all about opinions. Uh, I don't want him in a football club anymore, you know. Uh, Don't get me wrong, he's had some. You look at his record against the top six, it's it's not very, very good and appealing. but we've got to get the right money for him and if we do, we've got to get the right person into the club to replace him. Yeah.
3: Well, what about replacements then, Webby? Because there were some rumours earlier this window about um, Wissam Ben Yedder from Sevilla who who obviously was linked with the club and there's still Bruno Fernandez links, although be it, Bruno Fernandez plays a different role to, to up front. But I mean, what are you making of some of the links that you've had with, with other players around around Europe?
4: You're going to get linked to all different kinds of players. You know, it's just one of those things. It's parcel. Being a United fan, you know, some of them I've never actually heard of. You know, it's hard. Obviously, United are going to get every other day. They're going to get, especially when a player does something like that and it's looking likely to leave. That they are going to put out players from all around the world who are going to be linked with. I just think we need. He's not about now, but you'd love another, another Ruud van Nistelrooy. You know, that boy was absolutely class. You know, for United mm. and Holland and Real Madrid and wherever he went. You know, but like you're saying, if, we, if he does leave, I'd like someone in who, someone who's not going to be a bit of a clown and mess around and just wants to play for the football club maybe there's another kid down there in the youth system obviously they've they've turned the gem in Greenwood you know but I don't want to put too much pressure on that kid Mm. people have got to remember he's only 17 got the world at his feet ability wise but don't put too much pressure on the kid
1: Webby. Cheers for coming on, mate. Appreciate that. It's no soon. problem. See, see Cheers. Cheers, Cheers, Webby. Webby. It's Webby Bye, from full-time Devils. I mean, if United do want to show they've got the financial clout and want to step up with the big boys, given the injury to Eric Bailly the other day,
0: they need to get the Harry Maguire transfer oh, over the line, don't they? They've got to get that done. I mean, it's rolling on and on and on, and it's, I don't understand, just get it done. We're Supposed Supposedly, conversation... they're putting these
1: Champions League caveats in, like they did well... with Wan-Bissaka, Then Leicester have gone, well, you're not going to qualify for Champions League, <laughs> so. <laughs>
2: we're, not, we're not having that as a caveat yeah.
3: like what Webby was saying you know, he, I think he used the word clueless to describe the people in charge of transfers at Manchester United and I think you're probably getting close to being an accurate description there to be perfectly mm. honest apparently some of the stuff that's come out on the Leicester side of things is that Manchester United are a nightmare to deal with in transfers just so slow mm. so slow and to be perfectly honest if they don't sort their, their act out they're going to miss out on the players they need and it's as simple as that the window doesn't wait for Manchester United the window will close when the window closes closes
1: early this season exactly oh, closes uh, before uh, earlier, the clo- earlier yeah mm. I think
3: 8th of August it closes but I mean this is the sort of thing where Manchester United need to get their business done mm. and and the earlier you get your business done the more the fans settle because they, they know that you're in the market business yeah. is being done you're not sort of sat there waiting around wondering yeah. what's well, going on because the closer you get to the deadline the more frustrated fans get and then it feels like panic buys yeah. when you're buying players in the last week of the window oh it was just a panic buy and then that player's automatically under pressure because the fans have labelled him with the tag oh he's a panic buy so if he doesn't perform he's he's scapegoated immediately
0: yeah it's like that when um, I think it was when, even when Moyes was at United and they did it with um, Herrera didn't they I think yeah. and then also and they ended up getting Fellaini like, you know, and it was like <laughs> no, do you know what I mean and that was he felt like a panic buy It was we, last day of the season Last day of the window know, Wasn't it yeah, Fellaini came in And you're wearing all these things About oh the paperwork Didn't get sent through in time You think to yourself i on going a minute United have known <laughs> The new Last season In the last You know Last 10-15 games Well before They knew for years They needed a centre back yeah. Yeah. So for me Honestly I Would have gone the final whistle I Would have gone the last game I Would have gone let's go and sign maguire <laughs> let's go and sign get him on the phone let's get him in and get it done yeah. and dusted because mm-hmm. teams have done it look at, you know some teams have signed five six players already i know it's big you know big transfer fee been theme. a
1: quiet window though so far hasn't it and we haven't seen a massive amount of big money deals done so far a few like apart from with the exception of aston villa yeah no one's really gone out and completely restructured their team or bought in three or four
0: massive deals no well, I mean, you, you, if you need players, just get. You need to just get it done because, like you say, you will either miss out and it won't, Or another team could just pop in and game because City are meant to be interested in Maguire at one point. This is, they.
3: this is the thing now. Players aren't as likely, I think, now than maybe a few years ago to throw their toys out the pram and mm. refuse to play. I mean, you think about Carlos Tevez, who just decided he wanted to play golf for a season. Um, you've got other players who just refuse to play, make themselves unavailable. I think William Gallas was one that you mentioned the other day. He yeah. threatened to score own goals for, yeah. <laughs> for, against Chelsea unless he got a move to Arsenal. But we were talking about it with the Wilfred Zaha thing on, on a podcast last week, saying, you know, if, if Arsenal want Wilfred Zaha you've got to pay £80 because Crystal Palace aren't going to budge. Same with Everton. Mm.
1: Although, how you can say players aren't going to throw their toys out the pram now when Marco Anoutovic has literally <laughs> done that a few weeks ago and upsticked to China. It does happen on occasion, but I think you're right. The player needs to really want that move.
3: But M- Marco Anoutovic, that point of his career is probably past now. With Wilfried Zaha, for example, you know he has a chance to play for Arsenal, the team he supports, yep. stay in London probably double his wages or near two, play European football, etc., etc. Now, if he doesn't get to move to Arsenal or Everton or whoever's interested, he will not just refuse to play for Crystal mm. Palace. He will still play most of the games next season.
0: And it's saying Maguire as well. I don't, I, he's not going to sit, I don't, he's not out, no. a diva. He's going to suddenly go, I'm and, not going to move. Well, the club is saying exactly and, that. Yeah, saying he will he's happy start, to stay.
3: He will start that first game of the season for Leicester City. Brendan Rodgers will put him in the team 100%. If he's not off already, he will start that game. Mm. No doubt. He's one of the best, but you can't not play him.
1: You mentioned the Wolf Zahar deal, 80 million quid. Arsenal supposedly couldn't afford that. They can afford 72 million quid, <laughs> which is supposedly the transfer fee for Nicolas Pepe. would make him the third most expensive Premier League player of all time. This guy for Arsenal, it's a big investment, but he really looks like the real deal. I didn't know a massive amount about him until yesterday, and I started doing a little bit of research and digging around, but he has been phenomenal. In the French league over the last couple of seasons, thirty-five goals and seventy-four, and he's not a striker. He plays on the wing predominantly. Twenty-two goals last season, eleven assists. It's a great signing if Arsenal can get that over the line.
0: That, I mean, does this mean the Zaha thing's totally off then? That's what I presume.
1: Well, I it. it sounds like a replacement for. Yeah. It. it sounds like an alternative signing to Zaha. Yeah. Yeah. I um, don't
3: understand Arsenal Football Club. <laughs> I don't. I don't get it. You know, oh, we. You know, we're not. We're not paying eighty million for Zaha but we'll pay 72 million or 75 million. Because the Arsenal fans that I've seen on social media, it's just such a sense of entitlement. Some of them, I won't say all Arsenal fans, because that is tarnishing people with the same brush, which I don't want to do. But some of them on social media, like, oh, you know, to Crystal Palace, give us Zaha, and we'll give you Jenkinson and Mustafi. I mean, what is that all about? (laughs) 55 million will give you Jenkinson and absolute rubbish. Um, Um, You know, and I saw one say that now Arsenal, if they sign Pepe, are Premier League title contenders for next season. You got battered by Chelsea in the Europa League final. Absolutely battered by Chelsea. They need... A a a poor Chelsea by their
0: standards. A couple of centre-backs and a couple of full-backs to compete. I I don't think that's the right signing for it. I mean, Zaha's a great player, so for me, if they're going to spend that much money, I'd, I'd... you know, a proven Premiership player like Zaha, I think, mm. would be amazing at Arsenal. But they've got great strikers, Aubameyang and Lacazette. I think they're really, really strong up yeah, front. Yeah, definitely. But they need they need defenders more than anything. So it's a bit of a it's a bit of a puzzling signing that for me. If if they do get him, I mean, I'm sure he's a great player, like you say, the stats and stuff. But I don't know. I don't see how it makes sense. Well, I think he's got a choice
3: between Napoli or Arsenal, and if he chooses to go to Napoli and play under Carlo Ancelotti. Mm. instead of coming to the Premier League and play for Arsenal. What does that tell you about Arsenal Football Club?
1: Mm. That's very true. And it's going to come down to the wages, isn't it? Because you'd think Arsenal are going to be able to pay more than Napoli. There's an interesting quote. I just want to read this before we move on. It's from Jose Fonte, ex-Southampton player, (laughs) who's (laughs) who's been playing with this fella over in France. And his quote about him, which says, sometimes kicking him is the only way to stop him in training. He can play anywhere he wants. It's as simple as that. If he goes to Real Madrid, Barcelona, Manchester United, or Manchester City, he can do that and he'll do a good job, which is pretty high praise from a teammate. I think if he does come to Arsenal, he'll be an absolutely stunning sizing. Before we sign off, let's talk about Gareth Bale to China, because I know you wanted to have a bit of a Hmm. chat about this one, Niall. The deal is off. Gareth Bale's not going to China. Real Madrid have decided actually they'd quite like a transfer fee for their player instead. So they've said, well, he's not going anywhere unless someone pays money. It was going to be a free transfer and Gareth would pick up his 100 million quid a week or whatever <laughs> it is he was going to be getting over
0: there. It was never going to be letting him go on a free
1: Surely.
3: Well, the thing is, in China, from so I've been told, and I'm not sure the accuracy of this, is that Chinese clubs, when they p- pay a transfer fee, any transfer fee they pay, 50% of that has to go as tax yeah. to the Chinese government. Yeah. So that's why they try and lure players in on massive pay packets and probably give clubs the money over uh, over a period of installments rather that's, than pay 60 million when 30 million of it has to go to the Chinese government. That's a newish
1: government. rule as well that's been introduced by the Chinese government. We had that first season we saw in China where they just had ridiculous transfer fees and ridiculous yeah. wages. The stepped in off the back of that and oh, went, right, right 50% tax We want a slice, yep. yeah.
3: With this Gareth Bale thing, uh, it's been doing my head in about people saying, oh, he's only moving for the money. Of course he is. Why else would you move to the Chinese League? A million pounds a week. <laughs> if someone said to you, you've applied for a job, you work less hours, mm-hmm. the job's easier, and your pay is quadrupled. You're
1: not gonna turn it But that the down. difference is you can't compare oh, footballers' not... wages to human uh, wages. You, you it's can, like uh, you can. If, if I'm getting twenty five if I'm getting twenty-five grand a year the lifespan of a... suddenly you're gonna triple, triple that, or quadruple yeah. it, then the difference between twenty-five grand a year and hundred grand a year is massive. The yes. difference between £400,000 a week. Yes. And a million pound a week. I don't... He doesn't need money. He's got all the money oh, you can eat. Beyond the, <laughs> point.
3: the point is, a footballer's lifespan in terms of their career is extremely, extremely short. And how often do we see footballers once they retire, they go into the wilderness, they don't really know what they're doing, they go into coaching, they end up washed up, they end up struggling for money because they don't get taught how to look after their money. A footballer's time frame as a career. I mean Gareth Bale could well be retired by thirty five. In mm. five years with the injuries he's had, he could well be retired, maybe even earlier than that. I say Jermaine Genus, who's gone into the media now, thirty-two or thirty one, he mm. retired. That's no age to retire from a career. Mm. It's not like a normal job like you say. So you need to try and break the cash in when you can. So I can understand why Gareth Bale would I can go understand to China it. for a million pounds. I can week. understand What I don't it. understand it is disappointing. It is disappointing. I totally agree with that and I get that. But I can understand and I would do the same I think if I was in that position. Because Gareth Bale has nothing to prove to anyone. He's gone to Real Madrid, the biggest club in the world. Sorry, Manchester United fans, but they are. (laughs) The biggest club in the world. He's won four Champions Leagues, four Mm
2: -hmm.
3: Wales' top scorer of all time, I mean, what's he got to achieve in the game now? What's he got to prove to anyone? Nothing, absolutely nothing. It's and it's hard for me to say this being a Portsmouth fan, but if he wants to go to China for a million pounds, oh, it'll ruin his it'll ruin his credibility. Why would it? Why not he's, stay at real? He won Real Madrid the Champions League against Liverpool, albeit with the help of Loris Karius as well, with a great goal, though, with though, as a well. great <laughs> overhead kick. <laughs> well, why not stay
1: him? at Real Madrid then? Because he's not going to get a game, Jim. They're not going to well, play. Well, that doesn't it. matter, does it? You just said doesn't matter. Well, don't know it. Don't know. At least he gets to play football
3: in China. Be, yeah, yeah, in China, it'll be far easier. He'll score thirty goals a season easily. He, he might even play half the games, and he'll still yeah. score thirty goals. And he'll be on a million pounds a week. The, like if you if you if you, don't, if you don't understand why someone would take that offer, it's beyond me. Um, but the deal's fallen through now, so yeah. it doesn't matter. Yeah. I, I think the
0: problem <laughs> of it is is how the wages he's on at Madrid yeah. is, is has stopped the route back to the Premier League for yes. him because no one's going to pay them wages. And you look at the clubs who could pick him up. City don't need him. No, nope. United aren't going to pay the wages after the Sanchez kind of thing because the fans will just go nuts if mm-hmm. they do that again. Chelsea have got the ban. Yep. So it means that... I mean, I thought that would be a good route for him. Like Hazard going one way and him going... Yeah. But that's not going to happen now by the looks of and it. It's a
3: free transfer maybe, but I don't think Chelsea can sign on anyone. I don't think whether it's a free or mm, a no. transfer... Yeah. Unless they're on loan last yeah. season yeah. or something and like that.
0: And then Arsenal, because he's got the Spurs connection. Yeah. I, don't think, I don't think Spurs are going to pay them wages. So I think every kind of... Possibility for the Premier League looks like the door's shut. I mean, I think he's—I still think he's a great player personally. Yeah, I think is. he's absolutely on form; he's fantastic.
1: I wonder what the motivation behind Real cancelling this transfer is—whether it is financial or um, uh, Senzio, is it who's just ruptured his knee ligaments? Yeah, that I leaves him very that's short. That's a really
3: good point. So could
1: think... he have actually? Could he actually make do a job as a squad player for Real next season? Is
3: it Zidane just lighting a fire under his ass because yeah. he, he did that last season, and 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 you know Gareth Bale, I think. From what I've read, it gets a little bit frustrated when he comes back from injury and doesn't get straight back in the team. Mm. Now, know he's a great player, but if you've come straight back from injury, you don't want to rush your way back into the first 11 because that's just not how management works in football. So there's that. Uh, and also, I think maybe, like I say, Zidane's probably given him a kick up the backside because he did that last season, almost froze him out for a bit, and he came back and played in that Champions League final, almost came off the bench with a massive point to prove, a bee in his bonnet, and he played like a man possessed. And I think maybe that's maybe a bit of frustration tactics from Zidane. I'm not 100% certain that's exactly what it is, but it could possibly be that. And maybe now, like you say, with the sensio rupture his ligaments that leaves Real Madrid with one less option So I heard, I heard
0: a, a, a wild uh, theory on Twitter that, oh, God, uh, United, like United, a wild theory United could get bail um, and send Sanchez the other way on loan and then Madrid would pay Sanchez the wage United <laughs> what's, what's Sanchez going to do at Real Madrid I, mean, yeah, I was going to say, make gonna say tea. <laughs> I just need someone else to warm the bench um, because no, but, but he's Sanchez is he's clearly not a rubbish player United, he's been terrible, but underneath that, I mean, look how good he was at Arsenal. It's a wild theory, but I just thought. Could he just need a change uh, of scenery? You know, sometimes it happens. Let us know
1: your views on Gareth Bale or anything else that's been discussed in today's podcast. You can get us on Twitter at The Sports Social. That is it for today's Premier League Daily. We'll be back very soon. Make sure you listen, make sure you subscribe, and make sure you write us a lovely review on iTunes. We'll see you next time.
0: Premier League Daily from Sports Social. Subscribe to the podcast now and never miss an episode.
3: The Manchester Football Social is evolving.
1: You'll still be able to get all the latest opinions and news on Manchester United and City. But now as part of a daily Premier League podcast.
3: All the big stories, gossip, laughs and highlights from the biggest league in the world. Discussed by real passionate football fans. And no footballing dinosaurs. You can join the evolution by searching Sports Social wherever you find your podcasts and hitting subscribe. And now find us on your Amazon smart speaker.
2: Just say, Alexa, enable Sports Social for daily news updates on your team.
1: Sports Social, a voice for fans.